Hello, everyone, and welcome into Season 2, Episode 2 now of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. I'm your host, Ethan Schmidt. Joining me on the phone, as always, the head football coach of the Clarksville High School Wildcats, Coach Isaac Shelby. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks, Ethan. I appreciate what you do for the kids. Hey, I try my hardest. I had great role models, including yourself, along the way <laughs> that's kind of pushed me uh, in that direction. And, you know, when, when you get a call from your former coach and he says, hey, I think you can help some people, you kind of jump on that. So uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that compliment anytime. Absolutely, Coach. So, hey, week one in the books here. Uh, but before we get there, I need to mention we do have another new sponsor, uh, Sheepdog Custom Incorporated. You'll see them at every home game selling uh, merchandise, uh, Clarksville High School football merchandise and other things. So you'll be able to see them at the games. They'll have some uh, areas set up inside the fence, be able to buy clothing, um, They'll have some cornhole other things set up. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a unique sponsorship because it's also one of the coaches on the staff with us. And, Coach, you might be able to tell everyone a little bit more about Coach Conway and what he men- means to the program for us and, you know, this new business uh, aspiration that he has. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of our most loyal coaches. Um, he's our special teams coordinator, outside linebacker coach. And he's a former military guy, and he's gotten out of the military. And um, he's doing something with – it's not just him, but it's him and a couple other people. Um, but, you know, they're putting together some stuff where they can do some customization of uh, shirts and sweatshirts and stuff at games for, you know, parents or in, <clears throat> and also the junior programs they'll be available at. So um, I think it's really cool deal for him and hope it, you know, gets him – you know, hope that company gets off and running. Absolutely. Coach, uh, the umbrella sponsor for us here, but we also have, we mentioned it last week, Barker Beef, uh, who is a sponsor for us. They're talking about the T-Bone of the Week. Coach, do you have a T-Bone of the Week nominee? Yeah, we do, and it is actually um, the biggest hit of the week was actually Cal McKay on a blitz, um, but he did not actually finish the whole tackle on it. Um, Gavin Phillips was the one that's going to get the T-bone of the week. Uh, it was fourth down, um, huge play. Receiver caught a stop route in front of him. Um, he he backpedaled, took his T-step, and ran up and, and tackled him. And I think the cool thing is a couple years ago, me and Coach Stanley sat down after the season, and we actually went through huddle, and we cut up every tackle that we missed the entire year. And then we came up with uh, five different drills that address the reasons that we were missing tackles. And we start practice, and we start every defensive practice with those five drills on every kid does them for one minute. And Gavin's done that for like three years. And like his tackle was really cool because it put like three of the drills together perfectly. Um, you know, it's it's one I'm going to cut. And then, you know, when we're doing those drills and showing kids in the future, we'll say, hey, this is why you're doing it. Because he just, he did it really well. He did it perfectly um, just on habit, I think, which was really cool. Makes coaches feel good anyway. Big congratulations to Gavin Phillips, our Barker Beef T-Bone of the Week going out to him. A huge hit, big saving hit as well, as you mentioned, Coach. But let's get ahead and jump here into the action and talk a little bit about what happened at McGavick this past week. Uh, Clarksville High School, McGavick first meeting since a playoff game back in 04. Battling it out there in Nashville, it was a hot one. Clarksville High School coming out on top 21-6. What did you see from the team, Coach, that impressed you? I think I think the backs ran hard. Um, I think the quarterbacks did a good job, um, you know, with their reads. I think the defensive backs did what we asked them to do. And there was a couple things this week that we really, really challenged our kids on, and they kind of focused on those things and and did and you know 
made improvements in those areas. So I thought that was really good. McGavick's a really talented group. Um, I don't know the new coach, you know, very well at all, but um, I, th- I think he's doing a good job with those kids. And I think by the end of the year, it's going to be a really, really good football team. We didn't need to pass the ball that much, so the uh, absence of Davin Garinger obviously still felt. I know he's on the sidelines with us, but it still kind of felt because not able to throw the ball. I think we only we only attempted one pass the entire game. Um, it was a, a pretty decent route, just went right through the hands of uh, old Robert Riley out there from Jamar. Other than that, though, everything on the ground seemed to be going right. 351 total rushing yards for the team. Rayshon Bowling had 74 of them, three rushing touchdowns. Jamar Carnell, 175 rushing yards. Coach, are you pleased with what you saw from those two? Yeah, I think they did a really good job. I think Diego Buck did a good job, too, when he came in at the end. But anytime, anytime you get 175 in a game or three touchdowns, is a pretty good night. you know. So both of those guys did well. You know, we lost Robert early in the game to an injury. Um, you know, Jamar Cobbs didn't play because of an injury as well this week. And you could argue that <clears throat> you could argue with a healthy Davin, our best three receivers are Rayshon, Jamar, and Robert. And, you know, Rayshon was playing quarterback and replace, like to replace Davin, and the other two were out. So, that, you know, you know it's a little bit tough, but, you know, I was proud of the backs. I think Jamar did well in the, in the third level, finishing carries. Um, was, you know, it was a good night. For Rayshon stepping into that role at quarterback, and as I mentioned, he scores all three rushing touchdowns. Uh, what did you see in, in your senior there that just kind of made you think, like, we already knew how talented he was. We've seen him so many times in that back position, just really take any type of, uh, really anything around a corner and just make a play. Now you're kind of seeing him really running between the tackles really well. You know, not the biggest guy either on the roster, but just very uh, very poised when he seems to be running through the tackles. Uh, were you impressed with that? Is that something you kind of knew he could do? Or, you know, what did you see from Rayshon? I, I thought it was something he always could do. You know, um, at T-back, you can be – Rayshon's best and worst trade is he's competitive. And at T-back, you can be competitive. Um, at quarterback, you got to be competitive and you got to be a great teammate. And and I think he uh, I think he took a lot of steps forward in that area this week. And um, you know I think he's accepting that role and understanding what it is, and you know kind of proud of the progress he's made there in that situation. Now for Jamar, coach, uh, last year it took a while for Jamar to finally sniff out the end zone. The yards have always been there, and starting off with about 175, probably a good stat. But we know he wants to get in the end zone. What do you tell him this week to kind of get his mind right? I think I think his mind's good anyway. You know, it's it's something we've talked about him. You know, we've talked with him about for a long time. But you know, he has to explode through the third level of people and cash touchdowns in. And you know, that's something that we're going to change some drill work this week. Um, you know, I talked to Coach Johnson and some of the other coaches this weekend, and we're going to do something different with our ball carrying circuit that I think is going to help him out in the long run. And um, you know, we're excited about that, but, but he knows he has to cash those things in. And, you know, it's, you know, he does a really, really good job of getting this from, you know, 20 to 20, but, but when he gets inside that 25, he has to score the ball. You know, um, we talked about the red zone a lot last week. Um, I think that was the big problem in the Jamboree. We, we got it from end to end, but we just played really, really poorly in the red zone and, you know, he'll, he'll fix it. He's a conscientious kid. He's smart. Um, he works hard. And, you know, the coaches work hard, so we're going to change the ball carrying circuit this week to try to help him and the rest of the guys and see what happens. 
Coach, one of the big things, I, I think another another big question that uh, we had coming into the season, and maybe not for our minds, but you know we do have Nick and Colton who graduated, and, and of course Bradley Brown. That was uh, a big part of that offensive line. Um, look at the offensive line against McGavick, though, and uh, you have to be pretty impressed with their performance. The hundred percent, you know, um, Jacoby Watkins, Jordan Kennedy did a great job. Um, Clarence Kendrick's probably the the unsung hero of the bunch because he was a guy that hasn't played offensive line for the last couple of years and stepped in at center. He's done a really good job. Um, you know, you have Elijah Zabata and Laney Best at tackle, and, and they're doing a good job. So, like, that five guys, I feel really, really good about those five guys. And finally, Coach, here to recap in our final little piece here on McGavick, I thought the defense played really well, and that was a, another question mark. We know with the secondary, uh, you know, there are always some worries if somebody's going to try to chuck it over their heads. I thought uh, the secondary and really the defense in general just made sure that uh, we were never out of a game and we were never really allowing McGavick to move the ball. There was maybe one or two big plays uh, through the air that were really just bubbles that might have just been able to be blocked well. Um, other than that, I thought the defense was, was pretty lights out. Um, they really were. They tackled good. Um, they got off blocks. Um, and those are things that we work every day. So, you know, I was proud of what they did. And, you know, I, I think Coach Stanley does a really, really good job. I think, you know, he's kind of one of the unsung guys on the team that, you know, he, he he's a really, really good coordinator and we're really lucky to have him and, and he works really hard. So, you know, I, I think the guys guys did what we asked to do this week, and you know, being nice. And if they keep doing that, what happens? All right, coach, we're going to take our first time out here in the show. We know when we come back, we're going to look ahead here at a big rivalry game, one of the oldest in the state of Tennessee, as Clarksville High School hosts Springfield. Stay with us; we have that coming up next. And welcome back to the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Coach Shelby, a huge rivalry game in week two. Uh, maybe not, and I, I look at it this way, and, and, and you and I have talked about this before. We've both been participants in it. You've been a coach in it. Um, that rivalry game against Springfield, you may not think of it because of proximity. When people think of Clarksville High School and rivalries, a lot of names that will come up are always, uh, you know, Rossview number one, Northeast is another big one, but that Springfield rivalry is just one that is just ingrained in your head a lot younger than people realize, and then when they actually play Springfield, they realize why it's a rivalry. Yeah, it's it's definitely a huge game. I, I think I think what people don't understand is as they have added schools through times, um, you know, we're at 115 years this year, so – each decade were, I mean, each decade or each 20 year period kind of has their own rivalry. Um, my dad graduated. I mean, he played late sixties, early seventies. So when, when I asked my dad about rivalries, he says Springfield Gallatin, right? So when you ask people that graduated in the eighties, they say Dixon County. When you ask people that graduated in the nineties, which are rival, they say Northeast. And when you ask people in the 2000s, they say it's Rossview. So, um, you know, Clarksville Springfield is one of the biggest deals around. Um, it's I, I don't know the exact year, but it's a, it's it's a bunch of years. But you know, when I talk to my dad, he gets really really fired up about Springfield and Gallatin, and you know, he's he's the same as you know Mr. Carney or Mr. Stokes or Mr. Rice or you know those guys. Like Springfield Gallatin's a big deal. 
Coach, 97th meeting dates back to 1919. Obviously, uh, a lot has changed since then, and, and we've talked about this as well. Uh, a lot of things uh, a lot of things just in the world in general have changed. How do you get this current crop of kids? Uh, some of these guys have either never played Springfield before or were very young the last time. Of course, that was 2019, and as we know, we have a pretty young team, so a lot of those guys were freshmen and sophomore and maybe not getting those valuable minutes in 2019 against a team like Springfield. How do you get them fired up for this rivalry game? Um, in the past, we've had some guys come in that have played in that game. I think that's kind of helped, and, and we're working on some of that stuff for the week. Um, I'm sure Springfield does the same thing. But, you know, it, the bottom line is, you know, most of your assistant coaches are Clarksville High alumni and, and have a Springfield story or two. It's just one of those things that's, you know, Clarksville Springfield's, it's just a really, really huge deal. And, and we have to make them understand um we have to make them understand what it is, you know, and Springfield's the same way, you know, like, you know, some of the young people for them, for them, I'm sure are worried about Greenbrier and places like that, but, you know, Clarksville Springfield's a, it, it's, it's a huge deal. You know, it's surprising we don't play for some sort of cup or something, you know what I mean? Like it, it's like, that's always kind of befuddled me why we don't do something like that, but um, it's just big rivalry. Yeah, that is strange that you mentioned it. You would think that there would be something, seeing that this is the 97th meeting, or just in general, you know, a lot of those old games, and you look at college football, you see something like that. So speaking mm-hmm. of a game that's coming off of a trophy, that's actually just the first game for Springfield. They beat Greenbrier 41 nothing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a game where they play for a trophy. Uh, it was two, I believe, two military veterans uh, from those areas, and it's named after them. Uh, that's the their first game of the season. They win forty-one nothing. Just come out and dominate Greenbrier. What can we expect from Springfield? What are we going to see from them? Um, they're tough um, for sure. Um, you know, Dustin Wilson's done a great job with them. Um, you know, I've <clears throat> even when I was at Northeast, we played Springfield. So, like we've we've battled them for you know a couple decades. Um, you know, in the past you know, whether whoever, who their head coach is, they've always had one guy, whether it was Brandon Farmer, Terrence Summers, or Timmy Barbie, or any of those guys, or, you know, Fat Cat, or whoever, they're like, oh my gosh, like, how can we defend this one guy? Um, I think the best thing about Dustin is, like, the, the entire team is good. You know, it's, it's he, he's, he's really good schematically, Um he has a great pulse on their culture. The kids play hard for him. Um, the entire team is good. Um, whether, you know, but in the past, it's just been, you know, a Josh Bay or, you know, a, a bunch of different guys that were just Jonathan Utley. I mean, they've always had one guy that you're like, oh my gosh. But, but Dustin's done a good job of putting the entire team around that one guy, you know, cause they still have that guy, but it's, it, but the whole group is better, um, which I think is really impressive. And then when they dropped down to four, a there for a little while, they got in the state championship game. And, you know, once you get that championship DNA in your blood, it's, it's, it's hard, hard to get out. And, and they definitely have it. All right, coach. So, uh, I know I have some stories from Springfield days and, mm-hmm. and, and playing when, uh, you were one of the assistants, and I know we had some mm-hmm. really good barn burners back then. Uh, what memory, or do you have a memory that really sticks out to you uh, playing against Springfield or coaching against Springfield? Um, 
there's a bunch. I, I would probably say the Mud Bowl. I don't know what year that was, but um, we ended up playing them one time in the playoffs, and it was it matched up with one of the hurricanes that came through like late in the fall, and it was just absolute you know, like you couldn't stand up on the side of the field. Um, like the Mud Bowl was pretty cool. Um, there's been a bunch of them. There's been a bunch of them, but. I don't know. I think I think some of our people need to get together and figure out, you know, ninety um, seventh meeting. Maybe for the hundredth meeting, we put in some sort of cup or bucket or stick or something. You know, Clarksville Springfield should play for some sort of something. Yeah, and, I agree uh, with that. It'd be, it'd be cool for those two alumni bases to sit down somewhere and come up with something because. They could come up with something really, really cool. You know, I, I was telling somebody earlier, um, like one time I was, I was sitting in my basement watching like the Indy 500 and they were making a big deal out of the hundredth year celebration of it. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Like Clarkshire High football is older than the Indy 500. Yeah, you know, I agree with but you, Coach. That's, that's, I think that'd be crazy that's, to think that's, of. That's that's super bizarre. You know, we may give our kids like a list of stuff like this week that that Clarksville Springfield's older than. And I, I think if we do that, you know, like the kids will be like, "Wow, that's that's something." You know, I I didn't realize this has been going on that long. And not to mention, a lot of their families have played. Older brothers, grandfathers, great grandfathers yeah, have played in this sure. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine did. All right, mine Coach. Did. We're going to go ahead and take our second break here. Um, when we come back, as always, we have three questions for Coach Shelby. He doesn't know the questions. I ask him kind of random, and we have two coaches who've supplied the questions for you. So uh, just think of the two coaches. I told you who they were, so just think of the minds that would be asking the questions. The randomness of that is a little scary, but we'll go with it. All right, Coach, we're going to take our break. Stay with us. We have more coming up next. All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment here of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. Coach Shelby, three random questions. I'll give you a chance. Do you want to hear Conway's questions first or Coach Sickles? It doesn't matter. As long as they're, uh, as, as long as I don't know before, I think it's good. Okay. So we'll start off with Coach Conway's first question for you. Uh, Coach Conway asked me to ask you uh, what part of a kid's movie completely scared you? Of a kid's movie? Yes. Uh, I don't really watch movies. That's hard. Um, I think it might have been Scarred. That was Actually, I read that wrong. Which one scarred you in a kid's movie? Kid's movie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's that's weird. I I know the movie Scream came out when I was, when I was in high school. That was a little strange um it i don't know that's that's tough because i've i've i don't really watch movies that's, that's hard uh i don't know i'm not sure not sure on that one i All hate right. to say that but i'm not sure on that one so not like mufasa dying in lion king nothing like that no uh i mean i've watched some movies with lucy before but none of them are like she 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 does like curious george so that's not really a movie though it's more of like a show right. um i do think curious george should do more, like if if as many kids are into curious george as lucy is 
I think the producers of Furious George should like change their format and do more stuff like, you know, Curious George curiously like picks up his toys at the end of the day or something like that instead of getting into constant mischief. But that would, sure on how. That would save you a, a lot of cleanup. Yeah, like like he does that or makes his bed or you know does does stuff like that. I, I, th- I think that would help, but I'm not, I'm not sure on that. Like, I, I did think Scream was, was, that was probably the first like horror movie I saw, or not horror, but whatever it is, category movie. I thought that was strange. Um, but I, I, I guess I'd go with that. All right, so Coach Sickle wanted to know, he wanted to know your thoughts on turning left out of Captain D's on Madison Street. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, so if you've ever been to the Captain D's on Madison Street, if, if you're turning left at that, you should get some sort of Clarksville, like, ribbon or button, for sure. Because, like, that that is the most impossible turn in Clarksville, Tennessee, I think. Um, just because you have all kinds of, like, that one stoplight is really, really close. So, a lot of times, like, if we leave Captain D's, like, I'll turn right and then go all the way down to, like, like the backside of... Trying to think what that road is. Like, if you turn right, you'll go all the way to like Thomas Lumber Company. Like, I'll turn right there and then come through like the backside of the opposite neighborhood I live in, and then like buy Walgreens and come out. But that that is, it's probably the most difficult turn in Clarksville. I don't know. What do you think? No, I I've never turned out. Sometimes even at the Taco Bell there, I don't even turn out left. I'd rather just I go think, down and turn around. Yeah, I think Taco Bell falls in the same category. I I have heard that. They're making like a stoplight right there at Adirondack that goes in. So I think if there was a stoplight there and a road that went over to that stoplight, it would make it a little more possible. Um, but then you wouldn't get your Clarksville button if you can turn left at Captain B's. That's true. You know that that should probably be on like driving school, like the driver's ed people. That's if you can turn left there, you should get your license automatically, whether you fail the test or not. But if you can make that left turn, like you should get your license. Yeah, that that's that's one that boggles me as well. I, I it's kind of a a tough intersection there in general. Uh, there yeah, you get all uh, the bypass. Yeah, you get all that connector coming in and Arby's and all the other stuff. It's it's impossible. All right, coach. Final question for you from Coach Conway. He was actually asking kind of on a similar question. Uh, but just, uh, do you have a coach on your staff that reminds you of any type of character in a TV show or a movie? Mm, that one's, ooh, that one's tough. Um, man, that one's really tough. You probably should have prepped me on that one. <laughs> um, like, uh, man, I would have to. So one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid was In the Heat of the Night. Yeah, you know, that. yeah, yeah. In the heat of the night was really good. So, man, if I had to, that's tough. But like, you remember Jameson on the heat of the night? Yes. Like he he was just the guy that like he was like got things things done. He was like a super taskmaster. Like he whatever you assigned him was done, and it was like clear that it was done. It would probably be like Coach Freeman. That's what I was thinking you know? too. Huh? That's what I was thinking too when you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's just like a like a super good guy, like about his business. Like no matter what you assigned him, it was clear, it was done. Like Coach Freeman's really really good at that. I, 
like if I had to say, um, you know, I, I've thought that before. I, I don't know if I've ever told Coach Conway that, but uh, he's just like Coach Freeman. Like when, he, like when his, like when his position is done with whatever they're doing, like you know that it was taught correctly. You know that it was taught thoroughly. You know that he thought about it for ten weeks before it was like like before his drill work went on. Um, I, I'd say Coach Freeman. Coach Freeman would be Lonnie Jameson in that situation. Um, just the super reliable, um, like, like he's a guy on our staff that the kids love. He's an incredible teacher. Um, like if, if, if any of us get teacher of the year, it's probably going to be coach Freeman. Like he's just really, really good at what he does. Um, and I think, I think like Cal McKay is an example of that. Um, and I, I told Cal after the game the other night, like he started at middle linebacker and did an incredible job. Um, but he's been in Coach Freeman's position group for years. And, like, he played some JV as a freshman and sophomore and didn't play a whole lot as a junior um, because there were some guys in front of them that were just, you know, more talented than him. And um, he stepped in as a senior the other night, and he played incredible, um, like really, really well. And I think a lot of that goes back to Coach Freeman, just his drill work, his constant – um, like just his 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 consistency and his his constant pressure on those kids to do what they're supposed to do was like has has made Cal McKay a really good player. Like, I mean, if there was a defensive MVP the other night, like I don't know, but Cal McKay can make every call on our defense. He understands everything that's going on. There's not one thing that gets him gets him off. Um, and that, that's one of the reasons I like Coach Freeman as inside linebacker coaches. That middle part of our defense is just solid the same way Coach Freeman is just solid. Absolutely. Coach, any final thoughts here heading into week two against Springfield? Well, uh, I would say there's no, there's no COVID restrictions right now other than the tickets. I think tickets are go fan this week. So, um, go ahead and get that done as soon as you can. That way you're not bogging down the line. Um, come in and support Clarksville High because, you know, this is going to be the first time we've had like a real student section in a couple of years. And and the coolest thing about the student section is it's a bunch of athletes from other sports that are coming in there and cheering our guys on. And I think it gets the school year started right because when they come in and cheer our guys on football returns the favor at basketball and a baseball and softball and all that other stuff. And it is just a good student section starts the year off. Right. All right, coach. Thank you so much for your time. This has been episode two of the Isaac Shelby coaches show in season two. Uh, stick with us. We'll have our, our next week coming up. It's a big one. We have Rossview on the schedule in week three. You don't want to miss next week's show. Uh, we'll join you next week after we recap Springfield, talk a little Ross. Ross up for the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. I'm Ethan Schmidt. Thanks so much for listening to Season 2, Episode 2.